Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hey guys, you are listening to episode 55 of Kindled, and I am your host, Haley Williams. I want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, SEO Made Simple. It's run by my friend Meg Clark, who you heard here on Kindled on episode 52 just three episodes ago. Guys, today I'm going to be talking with my real life friend, Holly Weimer. So lately, you guys, I've kind of been thinking about how many amazing women I know from my own local community of friends and believers, women from church. And I decided that I want to start sharing some of those people with you and introducing them to you on the show. So Holly is one of the first uh, to be interviewed from that local community, and there will be more. So uh, just kind of letting you know that will be a trend that you will start to see here on Kindled. And I I wanted to share them with you because uh, it reflects one of the things that I love most about this podcast, and that is that we're able to see through the stories of these women just how many different ways you can be an incredible mom and serve God and build the kingdom. So some of these women are staying at home and homeschooling and not earning an income. And others of them are working part-time as their oldest are entering into elementary school and they're doing some part-time work. And then still others of them are launching businesses and serving the market with their skills and passions. And I'm just really proud of all of the various ways that women are finding to serve God, to love people, and to make disciples. So also, I want to say before we start today that I'm going to be blogging some more over at kindledpodcast.com, and I'll be sharing on Instagram at hayleywilliams.kindled when I do write a new blog. I wrote one this week that I shared that a lot of you, a lot of you responded to um, about why I will not be reading Rachel Hollis's new book, Girl, Stop Apologizing. So if you want to read that article, you can go over to kindledpodcast.com and click the blog and you will find it there. But that's something that I'm going to be doing more of in the future. Writing is something that I kind of got away from for the last 10 years because honestly, during college, when I was pursuing um, a degree in journalism and business, writing was my job. Like literally I was on the student paper. And so I had to write even when I wasn't writing for all of my classes, which also required a ton of writing because, you know, journalism major, you got to do a lot of writing. And so I think I just got so burnt out that I kind of just quit cold turkey after college. But I do sense that God is reawakening that desire in me um, and just kind of igniting passion in me to share truth through the format and the medium of writing. So just to kind of give you a heads up that that will be happening more and more. All right, that's all the announcements I have. So now on to my conversation with Holly Weimer. All right, so today on Kindled, I have my friend Holly Weimer. Holly, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Haley. I'm so excited. So um, yeah, I was just telling you that I'm really excited to start interviewing some more of my friends and people in my networking community that are doing amazing things and working for amazing causes and missions and, you know, playing unique roles. And so you were Mm -hmm. one of the first people that came to mind when I thought about like, who in my community do I know that is a mom and is working and is doing things. And um, I, yeah, I'm just grateful for the time to chat with you a little bit more in depth about what you do. So launching off, if you could introduce yourself and tell us about your family and what your motherhood looks like. Sure. So I'm Holly Weimer. Um, I live here in Kansas City. I'm a mom to three girls. They are almost 10, almost eight, and then three and a half. So that is a full full mom load right there. I've got two in elementary school and then one who's in preschool a couple days a week. So I have a couple days where I kind of try to pack some work hours in those days. Um, I've been married 
to my husband, Phil, for it will be 14 years this summer. So yeah. That's awesome. I was just noticing when you were talking, um, so your first two girls are like about the same age gap as mine. And then you had Cora or am I getting that right? Yes. Cora. Yeah. She was what? Five years younger. Or, yeah, so wow. she's six years younger than my oldest, and then four years younger than um, my middle child. And we had we had two miscarriages in between okay. Vivian, my middle my middle daughter, and when Cora when Cora arrived to us. So we kind of have that that gap there, mm-hmm. which was really hard. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things I learned during that time is like I can't build my family like God mm. God builds my family. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really really interesting and and hard thing to learn and kind of a, a harder season of life um during those years and mm-hmm. just discerning what family's going to look like for our family. But all that being said, um I actually really love how my kiddos are spaced now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though at the time that felt hard thinking, Oh, that one's going to be so much younger. Like friends, they'll never play. Um, it was neat for my older girls to actually get to experience her babyhood and her infancy and they actually play all really well together. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a gift. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I, I'm the oldest of five and Mm -hmm. my next sister. So I'm, I'm the oldest and there's my brother. He's two years younger. And my next sister is five years younger than me and she mm-hmm. and I are very close and then the next sister is nine years younger than me and we are oh, equally wow. as close I mean just wow. equally as close and then the next one is 11 years younger than me so oh, I was like born a baby when she was born I was the babysitter so oh, sure. yeah. you know, it's just yeah. so different and um and we're we're close as well but it's just that whole myth of like the age gap needs to be every two years or else, you know, they're not going to get along and they're not going to play. It's just, I mean, I get that. Yes. It'll look different if they're, you know, six years apart versus two, but I mean, the long game is like, they're going to have good relationships if you raise them. Right. And slash if they love that, you know, it's like, it's much more important that those things exist than the age gap. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I just have super close relationships with my siblings that are even, you know, 10 years apart. It's like, yeah, that, so that cool has, to hear. it has not stopped anything. So mm-hmm. anyways, that's, that's cool. But, um, yeah. yeah, I did not know about your miscarriages. I'm sorry to hear that. That is oh, super, was- super challenging, especially I feel like maybe not especially, but I, I do think that, you know, after you have, um, a healthy pregnancy, there's sort of that expectation that like, okay, like it's not going to be me. And you know, you can believe that lie, which is, is definitely not true, but um, yeah, going into that season, like, was that, I mean, did you start to like, how did you have like hope to continue moving forward? Cause you had two kids and then we're experiencing a miscarriage and then another one. I mean, you said it was really hard, but I'm sure that doesn't do it justice. Yeah, it was partially hard because the first the first baby we lost was right when we moved to Kansas City, so we didn't have community yet. Mm-hmm. Um so it felt really um felt really lonely and thankfully, you know, God is gracious and kind and he he very much carried me literally um mm-hmm. <laughs> literally through that season and even kind of used that grief to connect me to a few people at our church to even kind of grow some relationships but i think i just started to question and like oh like is my body failing me like what's wrong with my mm-hmm. body i've been able to like have two babies and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. like is something broken and it was really easy to um just entertain those thoughts. Yeah. I remember I had a good friend say to me and she really kind of called me out. She said, you know, Holly, like your, your hope cannot be in having another baby. Mm-hmm. And also, um, like you're not entitled to know why this happened, you know, mm-hmm. like nowhere in, in, scripture do we see God say like oh I will tell you why this happened you know like this this side of heaven and I think I was really hung up in a place of thinking okay well like it'll be better if I get pregnant again or like God will show me why this happened um you know and and I think I have seen glimpses glimpses of how my story has been a blessing to um to other people in my community now like on the other side so maybe that's a little bit of 
mm-hmm. why it happened. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. a hard season. But I mean, I'm thankful, like the grace of God um, sustains when when things are hard, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's good to hear that because I mean, we don't feel like we're done growing our family, but there is like that very real fear for me of, you know, okay, I've had two healthy pregnancies, but there are no guarantees. And like, what if the next one doesn't go so well? Or what if this baby were, you know, they're, well, I'm not pregnant, but if, what if there were to be a baby and it was to not be healthy and, and just all of the unknowns and all the risks of like opening yourself up to that disappointment again, even though none of us are actually in control of the outcome, you can kind of build, like you're saying, you can kind of build somewhat of a cocoon for yourself to where you feel protected or feel like you've got everything on lockdown and opening up yourself to that risk feels like, I don't know, I'm, I'm scared of that. Like just, it, it, it reveals the idol, you know, in my heart of like control. I want to know that I want to know that everything's going to be fine and that I I'm in control and that like, I, you know, like you're saying that I'm building my family. But when I open myself up to that, like that unknown, I have to recognize that I'm actually not the one building my family and it is God and it has been him this whole time. And so like, do I trust that he's good or do I, do I really not trust that he's good? Yeah. And do we trust that he's good even when things hard and even when you lose and even when Mm -hmm. there's pain, man, I never, I don't know that I walked through that in a more intimate way than you know, losing, losing two babies. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So moving from, you know, your family, you started doing some work with Noonday mm-hmm. Collection. Um, how long ago did you start that? Yeah. So I joined with Noonday Collection in January of 2012. So seven oh. years ago. It's crazy. So you were, um, when did, I don't even know when it actually launched as a, as a company. Yeah, so Noonday launched in 2011. Okay. Um, and Noonday actually got started by Jessica Honiger in Austin, Texas, as an adoption fundraiser. She mm-hmm. was in process of adopting from Uganda when um, the the real estate market tanked out, and kind of during the recession time. And she and her husband were both in real estate, and they needed to fundraise so much money for their adoption. And they had a good friend who had purchased a bunch of inventory of paper beads from Uganda from a group of artisans and just had it stored. Like they they bought it outright and thought, oh, we'll sell it someday in, in Austin and, and hadn't. So they gave it to Jessica and said, hey, why don't you use this to fundraise for your adoption? Mm-hmm. So she did. And um, it really took off. So then she opened it up to other women in 2011 to join as ambassadors where they could essentially like run their own business. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I've, I've heard her talk about that story and mm-hmm. it's, it's really awesome. Just how she, it was like the necessity was the mother of invention for her and yes. really cool, which yeah. is, is the case in a lot of, uh, you know, business startup stories, but it's really right. like how it's uh, the impact has spread so quickly in just seven years. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I guess it's eight years now, but yeah, so you were an early adopter then you were like at the front end of that. I was, I was. So I was following, you know, when, when blogs were a thing, blogs are really big for a while. And I right. just had purchased my very first iPhone and mm-hmm. this was the fall of 2011 and I was nursing a baby all the time. So I would like sit and read blogs on my iPhone. <laughs> Some of the time I was nursing the baby and I'd gotten sucked into this blog, this blogger who was also in the adoption process. And mm-hmm. she knew just knew of new day collection through the adoption world. And it was December of 2011. And she had said, um, Hey, here's some really cool companies. They're doing amazing things like Christmas shop from them. And new day collection was one of them. And this was just months after Jessica started new day's very rudimentary website. Um, mm-hmm. So I clicked on it. And of course I thought, Oh my gosh, I want all of this stuff. But at the time, I was a recent stay-at-home mom. I had um, I had taught high school prior to staying home with my two girls at the time. You know, we did not have any disposable income at the time. So I thought, well, I, you know, I can't buy anything, but like I'll I'll remember this for my birthday. And then the next day, I went back and I looked again, and I and I read the whole website, and it talked about 
you, you can do this too. Like we need other women advocating for these artists and business partners. And I thought, oh man, that's so cool. But I could never do that because, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't even sell Girl Scout cookies. I just, I felt like I didn't want to ask people to buy things. I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. So I put the, you know, put the website away and thought, oh, I wish I, I wish I could be that girl who could like sell stuff. And it just kept gnawing at me. So I kept going back to it. And finally I emailed and it was just like, it was just Jessica and she had just brought on a business partner, Travis Wilson at the time. So I emailed and said, Hey, can I just get some information about this? And so she sent me all this information and, you know, was, was kind of aggressive about the sell. Like we really need people to do this with us. Like we really want you all this stuff. So printed it out, handed it all to my, okay, this is awesome. Like you need to do this and you need to do this now. This is a really unique business model. This is going to be major. You need to do it. Um, so thankfully he kind of pressured me into it and I'm so glad he did. Yeah. That's really cool. Right. We were definitely, and we still really are, but definitely set apart in terms of, you know, a, a very mission focused direct sales company for sure. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it would be helpful if you could kind of explain for the listener who doesn't know what Noonday is and, and what makes it different, how that how the company works. Sure. Yeah. So we partner with artisan businesses in areas of the world where it's hard to find good jobs. So typically this is third world countries. Um, we partner with thir- groups in 13 different countries, but Guatemala, Uganda, Ethiopia, India, just to name a few. Um, we collaborate with our already existing artisan businesses on an exclusive line of accessories. So bags, scarves, jewelry, things like that. Um, Then we place really big orders. They're stored in our home office in Austin. And then my job as an ambassador is to essentially create a marketplace for them because where these artists and businesses are, um, there's just not a lot of tourism for most of them. And there's just not a lot, there's not a market where they can sell their items to, to make a well paid living, you Mm -hmm. know? So what we do is we come in we set up marketplaces for them. And how we do that is we set those up typically in women's homes. Um, and they can host trunk shows. And like what I do is I come set up the pieces, share stories about the artisan groups, about how pieces are made. And then ladies can shop, try stuff on. Um, it's really fun, really low pressure sales, but really empowering women that simply by changing the way you shop for accessories, Mm -hmm. you can create a whole lot of change with your dollars. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's really awesome. And I hosted uh, my first trunk show with you last fall in my neighborhood and we had a really good turnout. I felt like, I mean, I think there was, I don't remember for sure, maybe around 15 to 20 people that sort of stopped in. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it is like, it is not, people probably have in their minds that idea of like the, the jewelry party of like, maybe what, what's a like Silpata or something. I don't know. I mean, I didn't go sure. to those cause that was a little before my time when I was wearing sure. jewelry, <laughs> but, um, but like it, I, it's not the same. I don't know. You know, it's, it's probably because of how you guys are trained and, and the fact that it is so missional that it's not about, it really, I mean, I recognize and honor the fact that it is obviously a business, but it is also, I don't know, just the way that you go about it is it doesn't feel like salesy or high pressure. And I'm not even sure how you do that because Mm -hmm. I think that would be a challenge. And, but it seems like you're, you know, the training must be really good because it definitely does not feel that way. And it feels just really like, it feels really cool that you are able to support an entire industry that is being created in this place that it would not have existed just by the simple choice of like what earrings you wear, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's something that it doesn't get lost on me. Um, Like even when you said that I got goosebumps, which sounds like it sounds really cheesy, but Mm -hmm. um, the, the fact that like I live in the Midwest I am, my primary job is raising my kids right now, but I can do work each week that literally helps a woman in Uganda 
take care of her daughter. I mean, yeah. what? That's a, yeah. that's amazing. It's such a crazy, amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I love, I think, I think how we, we are different as a company is our culture is just different because to do this work, you have to care about that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think for so many so many women who really care about that, um, you just want to offer that opportunity out to other women, you know, yeah. to, to join you in creating that impact just by buying a crazy, amazing pair of earrings or a really great bag that's going to last her forever. Yeah. Um, so it's such a unique thing. Yeah. And we would be buying this stuff anyway. You know, I mean, right. people spend over a hundred dollars on a leather bag from Madewell every day. And right. you can get a hundred dollar leather bag from Noonday as well. And it is not yeah. only still awesome quality, but it's actually made by someone who is directly like incredibly impacted by that purchase. And, you know, it's just, it, yeah, the, the resounding impact is so much greater. So, I mean, I, I love the mission and I actually really genuinely love the jewelry. It's not like, oh, like I'll just support it because it's, you know, it's a good cause. Like it's actually very, the designs are really awesome. So oh, they're so great. And they've, they've, you know, our, our designers, they're, they're legit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really, really good. And they really follow like styles and trends because, mm-hmm. and that's why we have a, del- a collaborative design process with our artists and business partners. So our mm-hmm. designers will go and travel and spend time with them and say, okay, like th- these are the silhouettes and, um, mm-hmm. the colors that we're really seeing are going to be on trend for fall mm-hmm. and they'll show our artists and business partners. And then our artists and business partners will also bring to the table things that they've been working on and they hash that out and they make up samples um, mm-hmm. because we've just really come a long way as a company in terms of offering um, classic designs, but also pieces that are definitely trendy, you know, yeah. and you're going to see a lot of women wearing. And I think that that is another thing that really sets us apart, especially in the fair trade world, because you can find a lot of fair trade items. Yeah. They they don't always necessarily translate to fashion mm-hmm. that most mm-hmm. women want to wear in the United States. You yes, know? So I exactly. think that's one reason that we found success as a company mm-hmm. is because our line really does reflect what women want to wear today. Oh, yes, absolutely. For some reason when you were talking, I started remembering last fall uh, there was a necklace that I was like thinking in my head, it was called the fable. And I just went to noonday's site and it's the folk tale. <laughs> my yeah. brain, my brain took folk tale and turned it into fable. How yeah. ridiculous. I was like, Oh, maybe it's called fable. I am so happy that's still available because I don't know why it was. I was like, why didn't I buy that? I want that. Um, oh, so here, <laughs> get it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's just, the pieces are so unique. And if you guys have not seen them, um, and you don't know why we're saying this and making a big deal about it. You you need to go look at the website and see for yourself like what type of jewelry they're producing. It isn't just, you know, it doesn't like it doesn't look like it's made in a third world, and it right. is, but it doesn't look that way. It looks like right. it is. It like it could be, you know, on a rack at Nordstrom's. So it's yep. it or, is really cool. Or anthropology. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have a Squarespace website? If so, you're going to want to listen up to what's next. You guys have heard me talk about SEO Made Simple. It's run by my friend Meg Clark, who was on Kindled a few weeks ago. Now for the part you Squarespace site owners are going to want to listen to. At the end of 2018, Squarespace dropped three new updates that drastically affected its SEO. And Meg is going to spend some time on each of those updates in her masterclass on March 28th to help you understand how to optimize your site in the midst of all of those changes happening over on Squarespace. So she's going to walk you through how to set up a new Squarespace site for SEO, how to do keyword research, how to optimize a page within Squarespace, and how to write awesome meta descriptions. And she's going to have tons of examples. She's also going to take you into the Google search console and chat about why and how it is so important for search. Basically, what you need to know is if you have a Squarespace website and you want to get found, you want to be at this masterclass with Meg. You can get $25 off the $99 price tag with the code KINDLED when you go to seomadesimple.co. Don't miss this. Go to seomadesimple.co and register before March 28th. So what resources, as you were getting started, like you were, you know, you were a young mom and you were, uh, like you said, your main goal was like, 
raising this, your family and taking care of your, um, your family here, what resources did you use in the beginning to kind of get you started with Noonday? And what, like, how, how did you even do that? What made that possible? Oh, really, I just think the grace of God. Um, yeah. Like I said, my my experience, I was I do not come from a business background. I don't come from a sales background. I do not come from a fashion background. So mm-hmm. for me, this was way outside my comfort zone. Um, I mentioned I was a high school teacher. And so when I started with Noonday, Jessica Noonday's founder, I remember after I signed up, she emailed me my starter kit and said, Hey, like we really don't have any training right now. So like you kind of have to be a self-starter, but email me when you have questions. And that was it period. Mm -hmm. So thankfully there were a few of us who started at the same time as ambassadors who were new to this. So we kind of linked arms, even though it was just virtually at the beginning and tried to just kind of figure this thing out together. Like what's working for you? What's not working? I mean, we had our first ambassador conference in the summer of 2013. And I think that was really when that That community for me was kind of shored up with Noonday Collection in terms of I met these women face to face. We we talked over what was hard about this work, what was great about this work, and really started to learn from each other Mm -hmm. and create some systems together, you know, Mm -hmm. because this was very much a startup at the time. I mean, it was still run out of Jessica Honiger's spare bedroom. So, um, you know, there was not infrastructure and training and systems in place to really support us. But that being said, I wouldn't change that. It was an incredible, it has been an incredible experience for me just to learn and grow with a tiny little startup company. Yeah. And what I love about like that story is it just proves something that I believe about business is you should always start before you're ready because yes. you know the the bulk of it gets figured out along the way anyway even yeah. if you put the plan in place and you have all the training you know you can't you can't build a business in a vacuum and you can't no. solve problems in a vacuum either and so you know not to say planning doesn't matter but if you get started like it will become clear you know and yes. and you will come to clarity on what you actually need and what you don't and often you know you'll you'll save a lot of time that could have otherwise been really wasted creating things that nobody would use anyway so sure. Sure. you know it's not always bad to kind of start with nothing and just see where it takes you for sure um so how have you kind of seen yourself grow over the time that you've been with Noonday personally and then also professionally I mean, I've grown, gosh, I could probably write a book about this, but, you know, personally, I think Noonday really aligns with, with a really deep value that I've always had in my heart that, um, I, I want to use my, I want to use my privilege and my power to create opportunities for other people. And when I started staying home with my children, one of the things I was really wrestling with is, like how, what, what does this look like for me to be, um, you know, primarily a stay at home mom, but still care very deeply about the whole world and about what's going on in the world and about the justice issues going on in the world. So uh, that's really what, why I fell in love with New Day in the first place is because I felt like, okay, like this, like I can do this. And this can touch all of those justice issues. So for me personally, I know I mentioned this earlier, but to have a job where I can do that has just been so personally fulfilling and life-giving to me. Um, I love, I love being a mom. I love it so much, but it's a hard job. And it's sometimes thankless and it's sometimes it's exhausting and sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes it's wonderful. Um, I feel like it's everything all at once. And I think for me personally, I found, I think I'm a better mother because I have this, this work I'm also doing that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, and I love that my daughters are seeing me, do a job that I, um, that I, that is out, it's still outside my comfort zone to ask people to buy things, you know? Right. But I feel like I'm doing it because for me, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but for me, like this is the right thing for me to be doing right now with the privilege and power I've been given to advocate for oppressed populations. And I love that my daughters are seeing that. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's just been, I mean, it's been a true gift for me. 
Yeah, that's really awesome. How have you seen yourself kind of grow professionally as you have? Like, you know, you said it, it wasn't in your comfort zone, but you've continued on in it somehow for eight years and it's become a passion. So mm-hmm. you're obviously connected to your why, you know, you know why you're doing it. Right. But like, what does that look like for you? Have you grown more confident in those areas that you felt like this isn't my thing? Like, does it feel like your thing now? Or like, how has that changed? Yeah, sure. I think um, I think a lot of that has just been the community that God's provided for me in in the New Day community. You know, mm-hmm. I've been connected to several women who've encouraged me and supported me, and who I've learned so much about, just about sales and about running a trunk show and about consistency. So having some accountability there, and you know, setting goals together and encouraging each other and supporting in each other and collaborating has been clutch for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been clutch. It's been everything, and um, it's definitely pushed me professionally to um, to grow in a, in ways that are not in my nature. Um, you know, so I think, I think that that has been very true for me. Um, I think something else that I, I feel like I'm constantly learning though, too, is to kind of still be me. Um, Mm, and I think, you know, you mentioned you, you said you didn't feel like my trunk show was super salesy. I'm not salesy, you know, like that is just not me and I'm never going to be that. And I think for a while I tried to be that and Mm -hmm. it just, it wasn't me, you know? Yeah. So I think also owning like, okay, what are the gifts that God has given me and how can I push myself professionally to grow, but mm-hmm. also stay true to like how I'm wired and how I'm made and like, let keep doing this the way that fits that, if that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It totally makes sense. I think, yeah. I mean, that's true for all of us, like not only in our businesses, in our work, but in our lives, like you cannot, right. you it's, it's just, it does not work. It like people see through us trying to act like someone else or be someone else or, or take that, you know, that thing that other person's doing and turn it into our own version. It's just, we are more transparent than we think, you know, we're, we're not as opaque as we want to be when we're like playing those roles. And when you kind of just own your own version of something, it's always more successful. And, you know, something I think you guys do a good job of, like as a company is, is really telling the stories, like the stories behind the pieces and focusing rather on like, Oh, look at these beautiful earrings. Don't you want to buy these? Like, it's like, these are made by this person in this place. Here's her story. Here's her family. And it takes the focus off of like the item and puts it onto like the story behind it, which actually really only serves to kind of knit your heart to that item even more, you know? Um, And so it, it, it does both things at the same time. Yes. I had a pair, you already know this, but I had a pair of like some white, I think they were, what were they made of? Like bone earrings? Yes. Yes. Animal bone, not human bone. (laughs) Well, they were cow bone and cows are sacred in India. So when they, when they die of natural causes, they use Uh every part of the animal. And then this particular artisan group buys the bones and they carve them. Yeah. Okay. So those earrings were my favorite earrings that I had ever had. And somehow one of them got lost. Don't mm. remember wh- where or why, but I was so sad because they, they weren't being made anymore. And then, you know, maybe like six months to a year later, another pair came out that were also made or they were shell. They were made of shell, but they looked yeah. kind of similar. And so I emailed you and was like, I need to get these. These were my favorite earrings. So yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, but it's cool to know the stories behind those things. Yes. What has been the hardest challenge for you? Like what's been the biggest thing that you feel like you've had to overcome either, you know, at different points or just as an ongoing struggle for you in this work? Hmm. I mean, I mentioned it's been a joy to be part of a startup, but that does not come without growing pains. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that's been true about Noonday is change, like Mm -hmm. a lot of change in terms of systems and processes and staff and all of that. So I think that that has at times been hard. But I think it's also just been hard. I'd have to do a lot of asking in my job, you know, like... I have to ask people to host shows to partner with me to create a marketplace. And so just continuously 
asking, asking that, that is hard, but I think it's just, I have to remember, this is not just jewelry. I'm not just asking someone, Hey, can I come set up my jewelry and sell it in your house? It's, it's, it's reminding myself of, Hey, you're, you're asking for a lot more than that. You're asking for someone to, you know, stand in the gap between artists and businesses and a marketplace that we have and you really are standing in the gap when you're hosting a show in your home. So just continuously reminding myself of that is what enables me to do it. But still, Mm -hmm. I still get nervous. It's still something that's hard for me. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you wanted to quit? Oh, yes. Goodness. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, I had a I definitely had a hard season in 2015. You know, I had a new baby. I was still, I worked as an advisor for a while with Noonday Collection, meaning like I was training new ambassadors as well. And I I think I felt discouraged and burnt out. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely wanted to quit before, but Again, I go back to, you know, New Day Collection for me and my family needs this income. Um, This bridges the gap and really enables me to be available for my children the way that we want me to be right now. So Mm -hmm. if not New Day, I would have to probably go find another part-time job. And um, I cannot think of anything else I would rather do than Mm -hmm. this, you know? So I remember in that hard season when I thought, okay, am I done? Like, have I just spent my time here? Um, I just really asked God to give me clarity with that and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, asked him like, okay, Lord, if, if I'm done with this, can you just make it very clear? And can you give me a piece with walking away knowing, you know, I can just close this chapter of, of my life, but I did not feel that peace. And I'm so glad. I think, you know, business is hard. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart and it takes some grit. And I think it was good for me to go through that discouraging season um, because now on the other side, I think I still encounter all of those things that were hard then, but I'm able to kind of push through that and think, okay, if I had a hard day today, I'm going to keep going because maybe tomorrow will be different, you know? So yeah. 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 And like sometimes the lack, like you prayed and asked for clarity or peace and sometimes the lack of an answer is the answer, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. if, if God seems silent, like possibly he doesn't, you know, he, there isn't anything more to say yet. It's like, just keep going, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's, yeah. I mean, he's never like completely silent, but if we're not getting the answer that we think we were looking for, then it's like, okay, I guess you kind of led me to this and you're not leading me away yet. And so sure. I'm going to keep doing it. And it, like you said, it doesn't mean that that assignment isn't going to change ever. And you're just, you know, stuck there forever, but that you can like have peace in that decision I don't know. Sometimes I I tend to be a very, like, I can be very wishy-washy with my decisions and be like, well, I think Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And then I go back and I'm like, but am I, am I, and I want to remake the decision 20 times. And I, I do feel like kind of for me, um, spiritual growth looks like being decisive and, you know, not second guessing every single thing that I do and going like to Joey and being like, should I really do this? You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because really only like, he can't give me the answers. Like I'm looking for someone to give me like that certainty or that confidence, but God alone can do that. And so when I'm praying the same prayer as you are of like, if you don't want me to do this anymore, please make it clear. And Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing anything. And I'm all I'm seeing is more work in front of me. Like there's more to be done. Like to me, that's like my answer, you know, and God's saying like, keep going, keep going. And I, I don't know, there's, there is a piece in that, like when you kind of like accept that from his hand as a gift of, you know, of peace in, in the midst of uncertainty, even. Right. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who is like thinking they might be interested in doing this? Like, how can they tell if they would have enough time? Mm. You know, you talked about the income, like there are a lot of moms who stay home and, and need a little bit of extra income just to help kind of make the ends meet or afford the lifestyle they want. What type of situation would you say this is good for someone to pursue, you know, potentially becoming an ambassador in? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I love about this is the flexibility. 
When I started with Noonday, I definitely did a lot less than I do now. I mean, you can be great at this job if you want to do one trunk show or event a month. You can also be great at this job if you want to build and coach a team and do 10 trunk shows a month. You know, there's so much flexibility with that. I mean, I think the things that are really needed is just if you have a passion for justice, this can be a good fit for you. If you love being social and meeting new people, this can be a great fit for you. I mean, the hours are so, so, so flexible based on what you want, you Mm -hmm. know, and the thing that's been really neat for me with Noonday, as I have shifted into a little bit of a different season now with my kids, my kids are a little bit older. I do actually have a couple days where they're all in a school situation. I've really been able to continue to do truck shows, but now also coach, you know, a small team of women as well. So that's been really fun for me. And it's been kind of a new twist to this business that's been just really fun and also still very fulfilling. Yeah, that's really cool. So, and this, you might've kind of already answered this question, but I mentioned earlier that you were the first ambassador of Noonday Collection that I've interviewed on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's a unique role that you play in, in regards to like your relationship to this bigger brand and this bigger mission. And you kind of talked about some of the challenges that have come with, you know, like a startup and that sort of thing. But how has it been to be in the role that you're in, in this role of ambassador? I can't like, I can't help but liken that to the fact that we are ambassadors for Christ. And like, that's a very similar role and we're playing this part in this bigger mission. But I would love to hear you kind of speak about what that has been like. Yeah. I mean, I think I love that our title is ambassador and not consultant. Yeah, you know, and not to, not to I don't want to dog on other direct sales companies. If if you're a consultant, that's great, but I think again, the the unique role that you have as a Noonday Collection ambassador is you're representing really talented artisan businesses. Mm-hmm. And you're representing them by pr- promoting their product, by advocating for them, by sharing their stories, sharing what they're working really hard to create. And you're also representing the culture of our brand, which, you know, we have, I wouldn't call it a mission statement, but we believe as a company, so maybe you could call this our mission statement, but it's together we're building a flourishing world where people have jobs, women are empowered, children are cherished, and we are connected. Mm-hmm. So those are like the core things that we operate out of all the time as a company. And as an ambassador, getting to advocate for that and represent that is a very unique and special role. Yeah, it's really cool. So Holly, launching into like the last, the last few questions that I ask every guest, what's your favorite life hack right now? That could be in regards to work or motherhood or, you know, how you get ready for your day. Anything that is helping you survive life? Life hack. I think um, I, I'm the cook in our household mm-hmm. and the, the shopper. So my current life hack that just makes our week go smoother is I meal plan Mm -hmm. and I grocery shop on Monday or Tuesday for the whole week. And I plan out what we're eating every night of the week. And then that is planned out and done. I'm not a good, like, I don't like to be stressed out about, Oh my gosh, it's like six o'clock. Everyone's starving. What am I going to make for dinner? That doesn't do well for me. Mm -hmm. Um, This is probably a normal thing that many of you are already doing. But for me, that is a system that takes a whole lot of stress off of the, off of the week for me. So I don't know if that's a life hack, but right. that's the first thing that popped into my mind with, with that question. Yeah, that is something I am not good at. And it's, it, there's really not a good excuse. I, I think I'm just not really a planner. And so, and I don't know, I, I don't have a good excuse, but I think it would help me I just don't like, I honestly don't like to sit down and have to like decide because my thought is like, well, what if I don't want to eat that on Tuesday? What if I don't want that on Thursday? What if I'm not in the mood? Like, I'm just a, I I guess that reveals I'm an emotional eater. So I'm like, well, my mood might be like, I want a hamburger and now we're having salad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Do you like, what do you do? Or do you, some people are just not that way. So they don't, it doesn't bother them. I mean, yeah, obviously I allow for some flexibility. I mean, essentially I look at my schedule for the week 
And yeah. um, in my husband's schedule, I'm like, okay, are we all going to be home for dinner? Because that's going to impact what I'm going to cook on Tuesday. If yeah. only half of us are home and some of us are eating later, I need to make something that we can like reheat or whatever. Um, you know, but like last night we had curry and initially I thought we were going to eat that tomorrow night, but now my husband's out of town tonight. So like, you know, obviously I allow for flexibility within that, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's helpful. It's helpful for me to just have that done. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You also probably, uh, it's more necessary because you have kids that are older and probably eating more of what you guys are eating. Well, I know there are moms who are amazing and somehow getting their two-year-old to eat uh, whatever dish they're making, but mine sure doesn't. And if I, if I said, eat this or you're not eating, she would cry on the floor the rest of the night. So (laughs) I just like, I just don't fight that battle. I mean, now we do make them taste whatever we're having. Like you have to take one bite. If it's salmon, whatever you you have to try it. If you don't like it, it's your choice not to have it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get infinite amounts of something else. Like you can, you know, here's the other options. And, like sometimes if we're having something too spicy for them, like let's say some sort of like a carne asada tacos or something, and they don't want that meat. Well, then my husband will make like quesadillas from the, right. tor- you know, the, it's like a, it a goes with the meal and yes. it's like, we're all eating together, similar things. And I don't know. I mean, whatever. We all have to survive somehow or other. We but do. Um, we do. yeah, I do look, I do look forward to like, when I can actually be like, no, you actually have to eat all of this. And otherwise you're not eating. <laughs> Cause yeah. I just, uh, I, I guess I could say that now, but I'm not, I just am like, I guess I'm too selfish to deal with the, um, the repercussion of what that would mean for me is that like my oh, whole yes. night would be dealing with a miserable two-year-old. So yeah, <laughs> those battles are worth fighting and sometimes they're not right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Discernment. So what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Oh, that's a funny question for me. I'm a six on the Enneagram. So um, fun (laughs) Fun is is planning out for like all of the terrible things that could happen, right? Right. Like fun (laughs) is not my priority in life naturally. Thankfully, I married someone who's a seven who is all about the fun. So I mean, really, I'm I'm trying to be really disciplined about exercise right now because I feel so much better as a human if I'm exercising consistently. And that's not... (laughs) That's not fun to everyone, but for me, that is like a huge stress relief to me. If I'm taking care of my body in that way, everything functions better in my life. And I love hanging out with my family. My husband's so fun. So I love, I love hanging out with him and then just hanging out with friends when I can get it, you know, um, Adult friendships are definitely tricky when you've got people working different hours with their jobs and you're raising yep. families. So just trying to find pockets of time when I can connect with my friends and with my neighbors. Um, I mean, that's really the most valuable fun for me right now in my life. Yeah, I totally agree. It does change. And it, it, there's a part of you that's like, this is so sad. We see each other once a month and it feels like a lot. But, you know, right. I, I think that the friendships that we that are really worth having are going to withstand that test. And, you know, I've found that they do, like, even if I only see those friends once a month, like it isn't like we have to restart. We're just, we're right back where we were. And, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's worth that season of, you know, where we're at right now to just kind of make it happen however you can. Absolutely. And then uh, my last question is, how do you rest? Mm, I'm not very good at resting. (laughs) Honestly, um, this is something I have to be really proactive about. But I mean, I think for me, it just sometimes looks like sitting down and enjoying people Mm -hmm. and not like trying to multitask. You know, as a mom, I can be really good about thinking I'm spending time with my kids while I'm actually like doing 12 other things. Yeah. So I think that is really important for me to sit down and enjoy people. Um, I also really love to read and um, I'm trying to read more because good for my brain. And I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a way I find rest. Mm -hmm. I think also just trying to be um, mindful about just consumption of like media in general and social media, trying to take breaks from those things is also restful Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's just like, Hey, I'm going to like put my phone away and I'm not going to look at it from now until I go to bed. You know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's actually really restful and helps me be 
more present. Yeah. It doesn't take much in this age of like media in your face at every turn to like actually rest from it because it's so all consuming that even doing that, like you said, like putting your phone away is like, Oh my gosh, I'm on vacation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of sad, but, but a good, a good reminder. Yeah. So Holly, where do people connect with you online and find out um, more about noonday browse the collections as well as if they want to reach out to you with any questions, where can they do that? Yeah. So I have a website. It's www.hollyweimer.noondaycollection.com. Um, you can go there to shop Noonday. You can also go there to learn about becoming an ambassador. Um, we are dreaming really big as a company to grow this year for this to be a really huge year of growth. So we're offering a really amazing ambassador promotion right now. If you join, you can get one of our best-selling bags for free after your first trunk show. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying it's a best-selling bag. Like this is the bag that I carry and have carried almost every day for three years. The Which best. One? Um, the modern leather tote. Uh, um, it's just the basic. Uh, the leather's beautiful. It's made in India. It's a vegetable tanning process. I mean, it is an amazing bag. And I've carried that bag hard for three years. Like I've wow. not been easy on it and it just continues to age. But so go check that out. I am really loving coaching a team. I've been doing this for a while. Um, so I feel like I know what I'm doing and I want to help more women join in the impact of what we're doing, but also earn some extra money to support your family and also just be empowered to create pockets of change in our culture to really empower women to change the way they shop. So would love to talk to anyone about that if you're even remotely interested in joining or just hosting a trunk show. I mean, Haley, you know, hosting a trunk show is a very practical and very fun way to join in what we're doing at Noonday Collection. Um, It's just a true win-win. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, it's super fun. And it's really awesome to introduce people like that have never heard of it to it and them to go like, cause you watch a little video and it's, you know, totally short, but showing the story of the company. And I mean, I think half the people who came to mind didn't even know what it was. And um, like one of them has even hosted like an online trunk show with one of your team members, Christy, yeah, Christy. Yes. Yeah. So, and like, you know, it's just cool to see the, the impact that that can have when you introduce one person and then they have a show and then, you know, somebody there is going to find out about it and do the same thing. So yeah, it's really fun. And you get rewards when you host the show for, you know, depending on how many products people buy and all of that, you get hostess rewards too. Which is always fun. Right. Always a nice little bonus. Well, Holly, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and also what you're doing. You're doing a good job. Thanks, Haley. Love chatting with you about New Day Collection. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Next week, I'm going to be chatting with Kristen Hatton. And Kristen and I are going to be talking about redemptive parenting and what it looks like to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope in the gospel for the everyday. If you're a mom, you're definitely going to want to tune in. Kristen is a seasoned mom who has some years of experience and wisdom that I don't. And I really benefited and loved talking with her and just learning from her. And I'm certain that you will too. Um, Before I sign off, I want to ask you to not forget if you have not left a rating and review on the podcast, please do that. They are super helpful in helping other moms like you find this podcast and listen to fun episodes like this one. So please do that if you have not done it. All right, guys, I will see you next week here on Kindled. Have a great week.